injury report. An IR. That is a gruesome looking injury. Season is over. I got hurt. All right. You satisfied? Is how quickly a season can change. Placed on IR. I sure hope this young man is okay, but if he's not, train rolls on, Kenny. That's just that's football. you have to think about the future. Tiger Woods perseveres through Tory Pines. George is back. Bang in zone. Touchdown. Oh, check it quickly. Enrique. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of the Eye on IR podcast, Sports Injuries for Sports Fans. This, of course, is your host, Liam Smith, and this is our NFL Draft special episode talking all about the first round of the draft, specifically the top three quarterbacks in this 2020 draft class, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, and Joe Burrow. And specifically how injuries have defined the trajectory of their careers, leading to the eventual creation of this 2020 class. So unless you're a big fan of the Belarus Soccer League or pro baseball in Taiwan, you've probably been looking forward to this first round of the draft about as much as I have. The NFL draft is also a friendly reminder that these elite athletes, young professionals about to sign multi-million dollar contracts are in fact younger than I am. As it turns out, I am not one of them. Although my swimming and soccer careers in high school were super promising, it turns out they did not amount to very much. So, happy draft day. Draft day. And we'll go ahead and jump right into this episode. With the uh, first pick in the draft, first selection, first choice. And with the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals have selected from Louisiana State University quarterback Joe Burrow. Burrow. Sets up, fires to the end zone! LSU sits on the throne of college football. We know all about LSU's historically good, undefeated national championship season, but flashback in time, Burrow, an Ohio native, starts off at Ohio State in 2015. Ohio State at the time is coached by Urban Meyer. They're coming off a national title in 2014 in the very first college football playoff ever. And Joe Burrow redshirts his freshman year at Ohio State. For anybody that might not know what that means, it basically just means that a player can practice with the team, get familiar with the coaches, team, etc., without participating in games. So what this does is saves a year of eligibility, so players who redshirt their freshman year will still be able to play four years at the collegiate level. So 2016, Joe Burrow's first year of eligibility, JT Barrett is the starting quarterback at the time, and he's listed as the preseason backup. During that season, he plays in five different games, pretty much all garbage time. Never really has a true chance to prove himself. 2017, JT Barrett's still the starter, but now we have somewhat of a toss-up for the backup position between Joe Burrow and a guy named Dwayne Haskins, who was redshirting his freshman year in 2016. Late August of 2017, though, in what's described as a freak accident, Joe Burrow breaks his hand in practice. During a drill, he throws the ball, and Ohio State linebacker at the time, Chris Worley, doesn't realize the ball's left his hands. He makes contact with Burrow, and Burrow's hand gets stuck in Worley's padding. Joe Burrow said he knew the bone was broken right off the bat, and he had surgery later that day to set the fracture. Now, analyzing this injury is difficult because we're talking about a backup or even a third-string quarterback for a college team at the time. Now, there's no video of the play, there's no in-depth analysis, There's really not much specifics on the injury because nobody really knew who Joe Burrow was at the time this happened. 
So looking at the anatomy of the hand, we have eight carpal bones, and I'll hold off on the names for now. And these are arranged in somewhat of a mosaic with bones stacked on top of one another at certain spots. And to give you a little visual of this, if you turn your palm up and you draw a line from the base of your thumb, an imaginary line that is, across the palm of your hand, and you can see sort of from that line downward towards our wrist, the surface gets a little bit elevated at spots. Those are the eight carpal bones. Now from that line up towards the start of your fingers are what are called the metacarpal bones, which we have five of these thin, longer bones, one corresponding to each one of our fingers, and eventually connecting into the phalanges or the fingers of our hand. Now, as we already mentioned, the surgery was to reset one of the bones. So we can probably assume that it was a broken carpal bone, since the organization and the connectivity of these eight carpal bones is so important in the function of a hand, especially for a quarterback on their throwing arm. As you can probably assume, an injury to the throwing arm of a quarterback is going to be a very significant injury. But at the same time, it's difficult to make comparisons because it's been such a rare injury over time. Patrick Mahomes last season missed a couple games due to a hand issue, but not a fracture. Jake Fromm in 2018 broke a bone in his hand preseason, but it really didn't end up being an issue because it was on the opposite to his throwing arm. Jake Fromm, also another guy to keep your eyes on in the upcoming rounds of the draft, Georgia's quarterback. Jay Cutler in 2011 had a big setback due to a broken thumb, so once again, not quite the same injury, and he has a pretty mediocre career afterwards. But at the same time, Jay Cutler also might not have been that good at football. Luckily though, we know the injury really has not affected his ability to play quarterback, and his past couple seasons really speak to that well. Back to Joe Burrow though, late September 2017, Urban Meyer says that Joe Burrow has been cleared to play but is only 90% recovered from his hand injury. On September 23rd, he plays against UNLV, goes six for seven, but it's garbage time once again. It's not a very significant game. Overall, he misses three games from his broken hand, but only plays in five games on the season. Once again, garbage time and splitting time with Dwayne Haskins, only throwing 11 passes total on the season. The real decision though, comes against Michigan. When starting quarterback JT Barrett goes down injured in the first half, Ohio State are down at the time, and Dwayne Haskins gets the call as the backup quarterback, leading Ohio State to a comeback victory and pretty much solidifying his spot as the number two quarterback and eventual starter in 2018. But at the time, still has two years of eligibility and announces his transfer. Ohio State quarterback Joe Burrow is going to transfer from the program in May of 2018. At the time, before LSU came into the picture, his top transfer locations were Nebraska and Florida. I was listening to an old Ohio State football Buckeye Talk podcast from 2018 when he first transferred that cited a Nebraska reporter who said that they already have the quarterback of the present and future on their roster. For the Cornhuskers who went 4-8 and eight in 2018 and 5-7 and less past season, this needless to say has not aged very well. Although there's a pretty general consensus that Haskins was ahead of where Burrow was at the time, you can't help but wonder what would have developed for Ohio State if Joe Burrow hadn't broken his hand. Joe Burrow since then has remarked that he rushed back into playing and quote, couldn't really throw the ball for a while. I mean, with how competitive we know Joe Burrow is in combination for how much he loves Ohio, I don't think I've ever seen anyone profess their love for the state of Ohio as much as Joe Burrow did in his Heisman speech.
Just a kid from Ohio coming down, chasing a dream. And you can't help but wonder, if Joe Burrow has more time to prove himself in 2017, could he have worked his way into that backup spot, an eventual starter in 2018? And I mean, the entire development of college football in the draft for the past two years would be completely different. Haskins gets drafted 15th overall last year by the Redskins. Would that be Joe Burrow instead? Could he have been picked higher? You know, does Dwayne Haskins end up transferring instead? It is an endless discussion of what ifs. In the long run though, clearly things worked out okay for Big Joe. Historic LSU season. Go Tigers! They go undefeated, first player to throw 60 touchdowns. He only has six interceptions on the season. He wins the Heisman. But it will be interesting to see how things play out for Joe Burrow this year in Cincinnati. I mean, he made it clear he hates losing. He says he hasn't been on a losing team ever. So we'll see how that works out playing for the worst team in the NFL. Uh, people right now are betting on whether or not the Bengals will win over or under four games on the year. So it'll be fun to see how things work. And on to the second quarterback taken in the 2020 NFL Draft. With the fifth pick. With the fifth pick. With the fifth overall pick, the Miami Dolphins have selected from University of Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Touchdown, Alabama. Needless to say, Tua Tungavailoa is someone who has been very thoroughly impacted by injury in his football career. Most prominently, his hip fracture and dislocation from this past season pose a large risk of re-injury. I go into full details about his hip fracture and everything to do with Tua's hip in our Tua episode, so definitely check that out if you're interested in learning more. Right before the draft though, his draft stock dropped a lot more than initially expected, and a lot of analysts had him drafted behind Herbert in mock drafts because of how prevalent injury questions have been. In a combination of this hip issue with a high ankle sprain from this past season and a couple other lower body issues. But Miami takes a chance on Tua as we initially thought. There's been some speculation that maybe they'll try and sit him and make sure he's fully recovered this season. But for once, Miami has a team, they have their quarterback, and the AFC East finally has some competition. So I'll be curious to see how this plays out. Tua Tungavailoa, actually the only, the 33rd left-handed quarterback in NFL history. Pretty interesting dynamic. So excited to see how this one works. And the third quarterback taken in this year's NFL draft. With the sixth pick. Sixth pick. The Los Angeles, not San Diego Chargers, have selected quarterback from the University of Oregon, Justin Herbert. Herbert for the end zone. Touchdown, Oregon. Justin Herbert's a smart guy. He's a biology major, which of course I got to respect. He does well in school, and he was the winner of the Campbell Award this past season, which is revered as the academic Heisman. Of course, it's not quite as relevant as the real Heisman, but it's cool regardless. And he's another guy like Joe Burrow that the development of his career has been very significantly impacted by injury. He gets into his starting role his true freshman year at Oregon in 2016. He doesn't redshirt, and this is post-Chip Kelly era Oregon. So it's a bit of a shaky start to his college career, He's working with the first of his three head coaches in three years, and the Ducks go 4-8 in 2016. 2017, though, new coach, starts off to an even shakier start when Justin Herbert breaks his collarbone on September 30th of 2017. And interestingly enough, this is about the same time that Joe Burrow is dealing with his broken hand. The collarbone, also known as the clavicle, connects the sternum, which is the central bone of the chest that your ribs connect to, 
It connects the sternum to the scapula, which is the shoulder bone. And it's actually the only bone connection of the shoulder to the rest of the skeleton. No surgery was required, and Justin Herbert returns to action on November 18th. His sophomore year in 2017, he goes 6-2 as a starter, but Oregon struggle without him and finish 7-6 on the year. Collarbone fractures are something we've seen in a number of quarterbacks over the years. It's pretty common, especially when you think about how often quarterbacks get hit and fall on their upper chest area. Daniel Jones, in early 2018, broke his collarbone while still the quarterback for Duke. But he recovered okay, still was drafted six overall by the Giants, possibly too early, but that's a completely separate topic of conversation. Aaron Rodgers, in 2013, broke his collarbone towards the end of the season, took about two months to recover, same as Justin Herbert, and the following year, the Packers made an NFC Championship appearance. So we won't be looking at any long-term consequences, and this became evident for Justin Herbert as well during his junior and senior year at Oregon under head coach Mario Cristobal. So he settles into this Oregon offense running the pistol instead of the spread now. And he throws 28 touchdowns and 8 interceptions in 2018. Second in the Pac-12 only to Washington State quarterback, none other than Gardner Minshew, probably best known for his facial hair. In 2019, he finishes top of the Pac-12, throwing 32 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. Interestingly enough, though, probably the most relevant injury in Justin Herbert's career came his junior year of high school, when during week three, he fractured his leg and was out for the season. Specifically, it was a fracture of the growth plate in his distal femur. The femur, the thigh bone, and distal meaning away from the center of the body. So the end of the thigh bone closest to the knee. As most of you probably know, as we grow and mature as humans, your bones are also growing. And this growth comes from an area of active cells at the end of your bones called the physis or growth plate, which eventually hardens into full normal bone. One consequence of the growth plate being there is that it's not as strong as the rest of the hardened bone and therefore is easier to break and can even cause some development issues in some cases. Herbert had to have screws put in in a surgery and clearly it doesn't mess with his development too much. He's now 6'6", 240, but it does impact his recruitment process. Initially, he mainly gets offers from FCS schools, some small West Coast D1 programs, and then eventually Nevada and Oregon. But it's definitely relevant to think that without this broken leg, could he have ended up at a different program, maybe a more established school, less of a head coach controversy? Would he have been able to have a more immediate impact and could we see things play out very differently? So looking at this numerically, his first two years at Oregon, obviously barring this collarbone injury his sophomore year. But there's turmoil in his coaches, his touchdowns are in the teens, and yardage under 2,000. Junior and senior year, though, under a more stable system, a new head coach, his touchdown reached the 30s, and yardage breaks 3,000. So without this broken femur, is Herbert able to have a more immediate success in the NCAA? And could we already see him as an NFL quarterback? And once again, there are a lot of what-ifs. Personally, I am low on Justin Herbert. I've been talking about this a lot with friends, and I feel like it's more so that people are just in love with this figure he has. You know, 6'6", 240, has a great frame for a quarterback, but does he really have what it takes to excel at the highest stage as an NFL quarterback? And I'm just not 100% sold. And I also think there would have been much less of a controversy between Herbert and Tua if there was non-pandemic in-person opportunities for both players to really prove themselves. We do also see a fourth quarterback taken in the first round in somewhat of a shocking turn of events. From Utah State, the Packers pick up Jordan Love, 
a raw talent. He'll probably sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple seasons and definitely someone to keep your eyes on. I'm not going to go into too much detail about Jordan Love in this episode, but definitely is worthwhile of attention. On top of that, a couple guys to keep your eyes on in upcoming rounds of the draft. Fighting injuries, we have T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson, who is battling ankle problems, as well as Jalen Johnson, cornerback from Utah, battling a lot of shoulder issues. But that's all I've got for you all today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to stay connected with the Eye on IR podcast and get visuals of all the scientific topics that I was talking about in these episodes. Um, Like us on Facebook, Eye on IR podcast. On Instagram, I underscore on underscore IR, as well as Twitter at that same handle. This once again is your host, Liam Smith, signing off.